hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com with your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. You can either Google the McCarty Group, that's M double C A R T Y, or call 661 665 SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing this morning? I am doing excellent. There's been a couple days recently I've wore shorts. <gasps> it's Showing just... off those sexy legs, well... are you? <laughs> Showing off those ashy knees. Is oh, well, you know. <laughs> so how are you doing? How's your weekend going so far? Oh, great it's extremely active you know i've already had one appointment before arriving at the studio and i've got another one after i leave here you know i love it when i have a full day it keeps me out of trouble Mm. um so what about you big plans after we record well it's crazy because my son's basketball season is over i know so we're trying to keep the tradition alive Oh. After the basketball game, we'd go to Wiener Snitchel. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Wiener Snitchel on coffee. But All right. You'd be surprised how busy it is at 1045 in the morning. Really? Craving chili dogs. It's really weird. Okay. Seems a little early for me, but okay. <laughs> yeah, if it works crazy. for you. Oh, my goodness. So, my, my, yeah, I do like them. Okay. Don't know how healthy they are, but we do enjoy them. Hey, so. you know, no judgment here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, it looks like we got a couple of guests here today. Who are we speaking with and what's the topic? Well, I am so excited because this morning we are speaking with Carol Bennett and Verlin Love of Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors. Ever wonder how a business is bought or sold? Mm, well, yes. yeah, today you're going to get to find out all about it. Now, I have a ton of questions for Verlin and Carol, but before we get into that, I wanted to give everyone a little real estate news update. Um, so, Adelaide, I'm sure you've noticed that houses are regularly selling for over list price. Yes, I do see that. I mean, I'm one of those weirdos that checks my estimate of my houses, too, all the time. I'm sure that has nothing to do with producing this show, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, what's it doing today? So so I can only imagine you're seeing the houses go up and you're seeing them sell. Well, according to the National Association of Realtors, 46% of all homes are selling over list price. Actually, I'm thinking I'm not really surprised by that. It almost seems like sellers can list their homes at whatever price they want, and it's going to sell. Well, while it may seem that way, that really isn't the case. It is still critical that you price your house correctly when you're listing it. You know, I get it. When you go to sell your home, you want to sell your home for the highest 
possible price, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to make as much money as possible. You may think in this market that you can list it at whatever price you want, and it's going to magically sell. However, if you are priced too too high, your home is going to sit on the market for way too long. Remember, people ask two questions, how much and how long? How much is the house listed for and how long has it been on the market? Either of those answers are wrong. They're moving on. So when you price your house too high or even too low, it could have a negative impact on your final sale. Hmm. Now, I understand the too high part, but why too low? Well, the price you set for your house really sends a message to potential buyers. If you price it too low, you might raise questions about your home's condition, or it might lead buyers to assume that something is wrong with your property. Not to mention, you could be leaving money on the table, which decreases your future buying power if you undervalue your home, right? The more money you take out of your house today means how much you can reinvest in the next property. But if you price it strategically, you're sure to win. On the other hand, if you price it too high, you run the risk of deterring or turning off buyers. When that happens, you may have to reduce the price to try to reignite interest in your house when it sits on the market for a while. But be aware that a price drop can also be seen as a red flag for some buyers who will wonder why the price was reduced and what that could mean about the home. In other words, think about pricing your home as a target. Your goal is to aim directly for the center, not too high, not too low, but just right at market value. Pricing your house fairly based on market conditions really increases the chance you'll have at getting more buyers who are interested in purchasing it. That makes it more likely that you'll actually see a bidding war too. And when a bidding war happens, you'll likely get an even higher final sales price. Plus, when homes are priced right, they tend to sell quickly. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I'm assuming, quote, aiming directly for the center and pricing your high not too high and your low not too low necessarily, Mm -hmm. is that an easy thing to do? (laughs) No, it's not. You hit hit the nail on the head, Adelaide. Um, And that's why sellers need to work with a skilled realtor who's familiar with their neighborhood. Those realtors will know how to price their home so that it sells for the highest possible price in a reasonable amount of time. So that's our little tidbit for today. And now I think it's a great time to introduce our guests, Carol Bennett and Verlin Love of Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors. Good morning, Verlin and Carol. How are you today? Doing great. Really good. I almost got called Carol Burnett. (laughs) You did, because that just is such a natural thing to say. True. Does that happen to you often? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, help us get to know each of you a little bit better. Tell us about yourselves. Sure. Um, I've been in real estate for over twenty-five years. I could, I could, you know, add a couple years, but I won't. Okay. And. Through that time, I've done resale uh, for residential homes. I've done new home sales, which is completely different, working with builders. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly the top 10 builders. I was able to do that for about six years. I enjoyed that. That actually brought me to Bakersfield. Um, And I also did uh, sales for a temporary agency and I trained licensed agents to work for these builders. Wow. That was a fun job. Lots of traveling. I went to Dallas, Texas, went to Miami, Florida. And 
I enjoyed it for a period of time, and then I didn't want to travel as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Something about traveling for work takes all the fun out of it, right? I, I think so, sometimes, yeah. And what about you, Verlin? Well, I've been in, a, in the business for over almost 15 years now. Okay. I uh, started in the real estate business. Before that, I was in uh, industrial sales. Okay. Industrial management, uh, also for a management company. I worked for uh, Dowell Slumbers A, so kind of okay. gives you a background. I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how long ago it was, because it's not been Dallas Summer's Day for a lot of no, years. No, it hadn't. <laughs> so, but then I went, uh, from there I've been in uh, commercial industry, or commercial uh, real estate, and gravitated into uh, uh, business brokerage. Okay. Uh, so, when I got into real estate, it was never for the intent of selling houses. It was not what I wanted to do. Right. It just didn't interest me, but... It was a great place to start. It was a great place to start. And when I got mm-hmm. into the commercial real estate... I kind of gravitated into businesses because that kind of I went along with it. So before we go any further, tell us exactly what it is to be a business broker. It, it's quite a bit. You have to have a background in real estate. Um, and then there's a lot of things that go with that. Um, there's uh, hands-on experience. There's um, training that you have to go through. There's working with the state. There's paying your bills. Um And the same thing is true with being a business broker. Um, There are some similarities between a business broker and a real estate agent, but there's a lot more involved being a business broker. Um, One of those things is working with businesses, and that's really what we do. Sometimes that involves um, commercial, and that's why we like to have Verlin with us because he has a lot of that background. It's very helpful. Kind of to uh, take off of that a little bit, the uh, business brokerage, we have to have a real estate license. Right. Okay, so we have to be realtors, Mm -hmm. but it goes much beyond that. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're selling a business, you have to be aware that the business uh, is a whole different animal. It's a whole different entity. Absolutely. (laughs) So when you get into that, we may do some real estate along with it, but mainly we're doing the the business itself. So we have to evaluate the business, put a a price on it. Mm -hmm. We have to uh, have proper insurance when we uh, are business brokers because it's, uh, a, a, an E&O insurance for a real estate agent is not going to be the same. It's not going to be sufficient for what we do. Um, we have to have different training and different skill sets. Mm-hmm. We have to be involved in other um, organizations. Uh, we have to have, uh, there's just plain and simply different um, membership requirements. And okay. then the transaction coordinating and the actual moving along of a business sale is a much different than a real estate transaction. Completely different. It is. Okay. Um, so tell me what inspired each of you to get into the selling of businesses. Verlin, you first. Well, I've been in sales for a long time and I ran my own business when I was younger. So it's just the business itself. I love business. Okay. I love the transactions. I love to negotiate. I love to be in deals. And it's just, it's what I enjoy. And so that kind of why I gravitated to that when I got into real estate. So this was a little more elevated than just helping one family move from one house to another. Yeah, absolutely. And and in my case, I have to admit, I don't have the patience to be a... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I can understand that. Um, But from my perspective, I will tell you, I think it takes a lot more patience (laughs) to sell a business because you're dealing with so many more different factors. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And maybe that's because you have a different level of training than I have. Mm -hmm. Okay. That could very well be. What about you, Carol? 
I, I came from a different background than Verlin, but I was always interested in business, and I, I got along well with business owners. So when I came into the franchise and was asked to be a business broker, I thought, this is what I've been looking for, something completely different um, with so many facets of business and learning about you know, how everybody gets started. And in this case, um, you've got a business that's already running. So, you know, Sunbelt is the place to go to uh, buy a business. And that's so different than being a real estate agent and asking, oh, you sell homes? No, I sell businesses. It's completely different. And I get a lot of uh, deer in the headlight look uh, just because people don't know what that is. And honestly, I didn't know what it was either a few years ago. <laughs> okay. All right. So tell us a little bit about Sunbelt Business Brokers. Sure. Uh, 1978, Ed Pendarvis started uh, an office to, um, you know, work with business owners to sell their businesses. And in the 1990s, he ended up opening other offices. And right now, we have over 250 offices worldwide. Wow. So it's grown quite a bit. So over 40 years experience um, Mm -hmm. in the business brokerage. And our uh, current broker here in Bakersfield, we're very fortunate that he has 40 years mm-hmm. in business brokerage. So we learn a lot from him. That's great. I think this has been a wonderful introduction to the world of business brokerage and uh, getting us started with understanding a little bit about what it is you guys do. And I think it's a perfect place to take a break. Uh, before we do that, though, could one of you tell us how we can reach you if we have a business that we need to sell? Sure. Uh, you can call me. <laughs> you can call me over Verlin. 661-369-1516. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute after this short break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, and see the McCarty Group success stories. Ranked number eight in North America for Coldwell Banker and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's top 100 agents for 2021. She is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR, 1560 a.m., 97.7 FM. Now that's smart.
And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And Lori, now I had a real estate question for you. What if someone is thinking about selling, but they need to make some renovations to place their home in the best condition for marketing? What's your advice for them? Well, you know, Adelaide, we were running into this situation constantly. And we recognized that so many people had their savings tied up in the equity in their homes. So we were the first in Kern County to develop an exclusive program to help sellers just like this. We call our program the McCarty Line of Convenience, or MLOC for short, which allows sellers to access their equity prior to the close of escrow so that necessary repairs to their home can be completed before we list it on the market. This helps our sellers get as high of a sales price as possible for their home. I love the idea, but what's the charge for that, Lori? <laughs> there isn't one. Oh. We don't charge any interest. We don't charge any fees. There's there's simply no catch. You know, it's simply our way of assisting sellers to profit the most out of their home. You know, this community has blessed us, and this is just one of the many ways that we give back. Plus, our staff manages the whole process it monitors the timelines, and it keeps you informed the entire way. Because our goal at the McCarty Group is all about creating a seamless transaction. So if you're needing to do some repairs to your home to get your top, to get top dollar before you sell, give our office a call, and we'll be happy to schedule an appointment for you. All right. Well, that sounds like an innovative solution and a great option for sellers needing to make repairs before they sell. And if you're just tuning in, we are speaking with Carol Bennett and Verlin Love of Sunbelt Business Brokers and Associates. And Carol and Verlin, before the break, you were telling all of us what a business broker does exactly. Uh, could each of you share with us a particular business sale you were proud of? Carol, do you want to start? I usually have the stories. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. Um, I, I'm allowed to say the name of the business because normally we have to keep everything confidential. But since I sold it, I can now, you know, say that to you, what I sold. Anyway, it's uh, Geronco Rentals. Uh, I listed it in 2020 during COVID. Wrong time. Wrong time to list a business like that. However... Uh, it, it sold just uh, the first of this year, 2022. Um, they held on. They knew what to do to continue bringing in the cash. They bought tents. They had the tents used at you know, different facilities, medical, uh, churches, all different you know, places. And that helped them get by. The thing is, is with... Um, Business owners, when they're getting ready to sell, they need to realize that, you know, it's going to take one to two years. Uh, so I was very fortunate that that only took two years. It seems like a long time, but with COVID, that really made a difference. Um, and we were still able to sell it. Uh, so you get to know your client uh, more intimately. You get to know their business, their livelihood. You get to hear about their homes. <laughs> Uh, so you, you get to know about their kids and why they're selling, and you're with them the whole way through, and you build a relationship that lasts beyond that transaction. And I really enjoy that. That's great. What about you, Verlin? Well, I sold a um, business. In fact, it was Steve and I that sold a business in Taft, Hertz okay. uh, Chevron. Okay. And it was a uh, interesting transaction because it's, it's kind of a, a remote town. So mm -hmm. it's, it's further out of Bakersfield, and, and uh, 
most often people want their business in, in Bakersfield, so it's a little more difficult to sell sometimes. But uh, uh, we, uh, we got the right kind of price for the seller. We got the uh, right kind of deal for the buyer. Because when you do a transaction with a, with a, a business, it's important that both parties win. Right. And uh, you know, being in Taft, the Arts were a uh, uh, very colorful people, mm-hmm. very colorful family, and uh, enjoyed getting to know them and getting to know their business. Because as Carol says, you know, it's, it's really about uh, getting to know the people in the business as well. And when we get into business transactions, you would think it's not as emotional as a, as a house. <laughs> but in oh, some ways, no. it's more emotional. I would say it's probably more because, because they've poured their heart and soul into that business. I absolutely. know. I yeah. speak personally, you know, from, mm-hmm. from my experience, and I know you two do, too. Mm-hmm. You're, you give your business your all. Yeah, and they do. Mm-hmm. And it becomes part of their life, and it becomes part of their family, and the employees become part of their family. Mm-hmm. So it's, sometimes it's, uh, it's more difficult, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a fun sale. Great. Now, did yours take as long as Carol's? Uh, that one took us about that long. Yeah. Okay. All right. Business transactions are not like a house. It's not going to be done in 30 days or that, 45 days. <laughs> I knew business sales took longer. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew they took two years. Uh, and that, that that was actually maybe on the shorter end of the, the spectrum. Um, so thanks yeah. for educating me on that. We I have to be very system, patient, yeah. don't we, Verlin? We <laughs> and that yeah. is why I do this job, and that's why you do that job. <laughs> well, I think the, the Chevron took us just over a year. Okay. And okay. even after we had a buyer, you know, it's not right. 30, it, 45 days. It's not. You know, it's not. It, it a is a longer process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And so Carol touched on something um, that, that I think is probably very prevalent in your industry, and that is the confidentiality. Yeah. Um, I Absolutely. assume that's a huge concern. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it that you your team ensures confidentiality throughout the process? We learn to listen more. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And as salespeople, it's much easier to talk. So it it takes a lot of training, Mm -hmm. um, holding our tongue when we know Mm -hmm. that there are people around that might be hearing about the business we're talking about, including when we go to lunch and have a lunch meeting. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. talk in generality. We do not get specific Mm-hmm. Uh, even with names of uh, owners or buyers. And we do uh, request that every buyer sign a non-disclosure mm-hmm. so that once they find out about the business, they're a real buyer, we don't want them you know, letting anybody know about this business. If they need to talk to somebody, we want another non-disclosure signed. Um, that's the last thing we want to happen because this affects uh, the employees uh, and, you know, I think you wanted to kind of mention that, Verlin, you know, why that is not a mm-hmm. good thing. When you uh, are trying to sell a business, there's many things that can happen if you're not, uh, if you don't, aren't careful with the uh, confidentiality. Your employees start to get nervous. Oh, of course. And then they start looking somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Your competitors start to poach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, your competitors start going after your, your business. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very important that a uh, business is able to keep their, their business confidential. You know, when we market, we don't market on the MLS. We don't market on usually a business, even on LoopNet or something like that. We, we stick with uh, business uh, forums, and that way we can keep the, uh, the confidentiality uh, as a priority. Okay. Because businesses can't afford 
to have their business interrupted, especially while they're trying to sell. No, of course not, because that's going to affect the numbers, which is mm-hmm. going to affect the eventual selling price, correct? Mm-hmm. And it's going to affect the buyer. Right, right. So, um, so obviously, this is a very complex process. Um, mm-hmm. For those of us who are new to understanding this process, can you help break it down for us? Like at what point, let's say I come to you and I want to sell my business. Um, what's the process we would go through? It, uh, it depends on the business. Okay. Because the first thing we do is we, we uh, discuss the business with the seller. Okay. What's the business all about? Mm-hmm. You tell me what the business does for you. What, it's, uh, what do you, you see of the future of the business? What, uh, what is the business uh, doing right now? Uh, who do you affect? And then after that, um, we sign, of course, a, a listing agreement. Okay. And uh, we have to collect the financial information from them because we have to put some kind of a value on the business. And so we, we do an evaluation. Uh, the evaluation will include uh, comparables. It will include uh, you know, financials, your uh, P&Ls, tax returns, um, what's your EBITDA? What's your uh, seller's what's your what? <laughs> See, I knew he was going to do an acronym. <laughs> do you want me to say it? Earnings before interest taxes, <laughs> depreciation, and uh, and appreciation. Okay. EBITDA. <laughs> okay. So, and then uh, you have to, uh, because when a business owner runs a business, they don't run it like a, a household. They, you know, they, they're going to run some of their personal stuff through the, the business. They're going to run it through the... Shocking. <laughs> really? Well, it's the benefits of being a business owner. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't, don't get right. me wrong. It's not a bad thing. Right. Uh, but when we do the financials and do a seller's discretionary earnings sheet, we have to take those items that they, they do through the business and add it back so that we can show the real profit of the business. Right. Okay. So when we show the profit of the business, then we know what the business is worth and we can, you know, that... Uh, um, your lenders will need to know that information. Your uh, sellers uh, have to distribute that information. Your buyers need to have that information. And that's what we have to do to get the, the valuation of the business. Okay. Then we have to have equipment lists. Mm-hmm. We have to have uh, employee lists. Uh, we have to know what the employees are making. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to... Um, we need to know if the business owner owns the real estate mm-hmm. oh. or if they're leasing okay. uh, the the location okay because it's it's a big difference you know we right we sell business concerns right but that doesn't mean there may or may not be real estate involved with it right and so when you say a business concern is that also i've heard it referred to as a business opportunity is that the same thing uh, yes i mean just yes and say, no yeah. yes and yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's just semantics uh, okay you know okay. a business concern is the business itself what does a business do you know how do they make money yeah, that's what you're selling is is the business. Remembering that the most important, and when you talk about confidentiality, the most important part is your employees. Mm-hmm. Right. Of any business, if you don't have good employees, you don't have a business. And so. what about, this is just a question that occurred to me, if that owner is integral to the business operation, mm-hmm. is there value placed on that? Absolutely. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> We try to teach, and this is kind of part of, a, of what we do, uh, we have to get uh, our, our sellers to a point where they can go on vacation a lot. Right. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because if you're too integral to the business and the business won't run without you, right. then when somebody buys it, they're going to have to replace you or they're mm-hmm. going to have to become you. 
Right. So a business is worth more when the owner is non-essential. Okay, perfect. So. That's, a, that's a great way to look at it. I love that. So I, had one guy, I had one guy tell me, he says, does that mean I get to go on vacation more? Absolutely. <laughs> as long as you have the systems it and procedures system in place, in place yeah. that you can take care of everything that needs to take care of in your absence, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to say as far as exit planning, we do that. And so mm-hmm. a part of that is, um, you know, what do you want to make when you sell this business? Mm-hmm. Well, is the business ready to sell? There's a lot of questions in there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, do you have the employees that you need to run the business? Do you have someone who can replace you? Um, do you need to upgrade your equipment? Uh, do you want to go ahead and um, expand and maybe bring more business in? Um, you want to make a certain amount of money. We, we can help you get there. Um, and it may take a couple years, mm-hmm. uh, but it's worth it because if it means an extra 100000 200000 on the bottom line, then your business will be worth more. And uh, we do have a little story about that one, too, don't we, mm-hmm. on a gas station? Yeah. Oh, share it. <laughs> I, please. I, I love this one. So we're at a uh, gas station somewhere mm-hmm. here in Bakersfield, <laughs> and we went in to you know, list the business, <laughs> but we gave some really good tips on how they could make more money. And we were so good at it that they decided not to sell right away because they are making so much more money by the comments that we made and they listened to us. Oh, that's great. So, you know, uh, now we would have rather listed it at that time and, you know, given them a year to to make that money. But they, you know, they were going to retire and they decided, you know what, I think... I think we're going to take a couple years and make this extra money, and then we'll call you. So, right. so we're happy to help. We're happy to help. But we do exit planning strategies for business owners. And I owners. think that that is phenomenal. I think mm-hmm. that, honestly, that that will pay you over many times, mm-hmm. um, and people will appreciate the fact that you have done that to help them. Well, when they were talking about retiring, they needed so much for the retirement. Right. And when we did an evaluation of the, of the uh, business, it wasn't worth what they needed to retire. Mm-hmm. Right. And they said, we need this amount. I said, well, if you need this amount, you need to do this. Right. You need to change your, your inside sales, how you're doing your inside sales, how you're marketing your outside sales, what your market up are. Uh, you're, you need to make sure you're not uh, uh, having profits walk out the front door. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, we kind of showed them how to set up their store, and their profits increased uh, almost double wow. in just a few months. That is fantastic. So, and they're not ready to sell yet. But they always tell us, they say, we are going to come to you. (laughs) And I know that they will because, you know what, Um, people appreciate that type of help that's given from the heart, um, Mm -hmm. and they are more than happy to repay it when the time comes. That's been my experience, Mm -hmm. particularly in this community. And we do get repeat customers. (laughs) (laughs) So that's wonderful. So now if I am on the other side, if I'm a buyer coming to you, Tell me how that process goes. At what point do I, I've, I've read something um, maybe about this great gas station, right? Mm-hmm. But I have no idea where it is mm-hmm. um, and I want to buy it. At what point do I sign the non-disclosure? At what point do I learn more about this business? Tell me how that process works. 
Sure. So we we are on 10 different websites that are all business related. Mm-hmm. And that goes into about 450 other websites. Wow. It's it's huge. Um, worldwide. Worldwide. So yeah. So um, the thing is, is that our ads are very general, Mm -hmm. and they're considered blind ads, which are different from real estate. Um, We don't name the name of the business. We do not give the address out. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. in fact, here in Bakersfield, for example, if there were only two flower shops, Mm -hmm. obviously there's more, but if there were only two, we might say, this flower shop is for sale in the Central Valley. Ah, so that very again, vague. It was a larger mm-hmm. area so that nobody could pinpoint. Correct. Yes. The yes. Um, so the smaller uh, cities, uh, even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, this is considered a, a larger city, so we know we have a lot more flower shops. Right. Um, but it's important that once a buyer is interested in what they see as far as numbers, I can make money on this business. Mm-hmm. Um, they call us. We make sure they sign a non-disclosure first before we give them the name and location. And we almost do an interview, okay. so to speak, because we have a buyer profile that they must fill out as well as the okay. non-disclosure. And an agency, because we are agents and we can represent we can represent both sides okay we don't always do that we don't have to do that Mm -hmm. a buyer can use their own broker they can use their um, attorney Mm -hmm. it's up to them what they want to do but we can represent both sides okay so when uh, when someone goes on to one of our ads Mm -hmm. on season on the on the internet uh, they can fill out a a form Mm -hmm. and then it'll take them to a link that'll provide the NDA and the NDA they have to fill out. So before they get any information really on the business other than a teaser, they have to have an NDA with us. We have to know where their money's coming from, what their profile is, you know, who they are. Um, so we, we protect our sellers probably above anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. That so, makes perfect sense to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Because, again, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. any of that information that gets out that could mm-hmm. affect – the business, the employees, mm-hmm. um, could be detrimental to the seller. Yeah. Now, once they fill out the NDA and they sign it, they, they can do it e-signing. Um, it provides them with the link, and they can see some preliminary information on the business. And we won't give them any financial information or anything like that until we have a phone conversation with them, a, a, a Zoom meeting or something. And at that point, we give them more access, and they can get into the financial information and more learn more about the business. And then at that point... We'll set up uh, meetings, buyer-seller meetings, between the, the seller and the buyer. Okay. So, so so buyer and seller meet. Yes, which is different yes. than that the, is in different. real estate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love it. Yeah. I love what happens when the buyer and the seller get yeah. together. <laughs> okay. So tell us about that. Well, um, we, we don't bring anyone in that isn't pre-qualified, that we've talked to, that we know uh, has experience in this business. And the money. And the money, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we can also, you know, tell them about lenders that we have if they need help with, with that. So I'm, uh, you get the buyer and seller together, 
And they're starting to talk then about, I imagine, the details of the, the business. The details of right. what we are not going to know. Because right. with mm-hmm. all the businesses we sell and them all being so very different, mm-hmm. there is no way me or Verlin or any of our business brokers can know about every single business. Right. So we have to get the buyer and seller together. They also have to get along. Right. They have to like each other, feel comfortable with each other, because after we're out of the picture, there is training involved Mm -hmm. that goes with um, the listing. When they buy the business, they know they're going to get training. Mm -hmm. That kind of goes into another point. When we do have a a sale and we get them together, uh, especially in that initial meeting, there's their conversations that they have because they know their business. Usually a buyer is somebody that knows the business that they're buying. They right. know what the business is all about. They know how it runs. And they can start talking the language. Mm-hmm. So, And, you know, we know enough to, pro- to be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know their business like they do. Right. So we, that's why the buyer-seller meeting is so important. And once they are, are able to talk and once the sale is, is complete and they have the training going on, our job's not over. It's not like with the, with the home, you sell the home and then you're done. Right. We're not. Right. It, uh, we're usually still involved with that business, sometimes up to six months. Okay. Making sure training is done properly, making sure that uh, the paperwork is done properly. There's transfers of, of uh, licenses. There's transfers of, uh, well, for example, liquor licenses. We have mm-hmm. to go through the, that process. Mm-hmm. We, there has to be proper postings. There has to be so many different things that go on with the business. Uh, uh, FF and E's have to be evaluated. What? Furnitures, fixtures, Furniture, and fixtures. equipment? <laughs> we don't allow acronyms here. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> you know, we have to do an allocation of, uh, of assets so that the uh, when they, the escrow records uh, or the accountant records or it gets the information, they have to know how much the equipment's worth and how much the furniture, fixtures, and, and the other stuff is worth, how much the real estate is worth, and they have to do a division of that mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that uh, when the bank allocates the um, value of the property mm-hmm. versus the value of the business right they want to have a they want to know what it's, what it is okay now of course when they do a sale of the business they're going to go into it further and they're going to have a, a, a an appraiser appraiser everything right mm-hmm. but they still the appraiser even needs from us the allocation of assets okay so how much is the goodwill worth how much is the equipment worth how much is a and we have to come up with a, a number on that that's so, amazing all mm-hmm. the things all the steps that are involved. But it's fun. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's complicated, it but it's fun. It is complicated. <laughs> Depends on your definition of fun, I think. Yeah. Well, we have fun. Yeah, yeah. And that is all that matters, right? We, uh, we sold a trailer company. And uh, with the trailer company, they have, they have to be DMV licensed. Okay. And so, you know, the VIN numbers, all that yes. little number along there? Yes. I had to write the procedures for a VIN number for a trailer company. Oh, wow. I, I had no idea what it was like or what it was, how complex it is, but each number and each letter relates to something on the, on the, uh, the trailer. The length, the weight. Oh, how my. How much it, uh, you know, it'll carry, how many wheels are on it. Uh, so you <laughs> so got to learn a lot, it's didn't fun you? Because we have a lot of So new, you have new a things. lot of yep. new knowledge. That's great. <laughs> so it's clear to me, you know, when you were talking about buyers generally are purchasing a business that they have knowledge about, Mm -hmm. it occurred to me, well, gosh, if they know about the business, why can't they just go direct to the seller? But with all this stuff that you're Mm -hmm. telling me, it's very obvious why sellers need business brokers. Well, it goes beyond that, too. Mm -hmm. Because when a business broker 
uh, is involved. Mm-hmm. We take care of the day-to-day, the minutia, the stuff mm-hmm. that we need to do to keep the, uh, the transaction flowing. A business owner has to take care of the business. Absolutely. And if he's concentrating on the sale of the business, then the business may start to go down. Right. And the value of the business will decrease. Right. So uh, the continuity of the business is extremely important, mm-hmm. especially during the sale. Mm-hmm. Perfect. This has been some amazing information. Um, I love everything that you guys have taught us so far. Um, I do have several more questions for you. (laughs) But before we get into those, I think this is a great place to take another break. Um, Before we do, this time, Verlin, how do we reach you? (laughs) My number is 661-706-9017. Perfect. Or you can call our local Sunbelt office. Okay, and that number is? Do you know that number? <laughs> we never give well, it out because so much. We, we want people to call us directly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it is 661-323-2358. Perfect. Extension 222. All right. We love it. Extension 223. 222, 223, either one. They work. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. Listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at The Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. And this morning, we're talking about it and Verlin Love of Sunbelt Business Brokers. And tell our listeners once again how they can reach you. You can reach me, Carol Bennett, at 661 6691516 you can also look at our listings at www.bakersfield.sunbeltnetwork.com yeah. and berlin how can we reach you you can reach me on my cell phone 6617069017 perfect so we've been talking a little bit about um, <clears throat> how to uh, how the process goes if you're looking at selling a business or if we're looking at buying a business. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, um, are there ever times when uh, business owners come to you and they have a business that 
is not profitable, but they're looking to sell it? If so, how do you handle that? That happens more often than you think. Okay. And I would say probably 50% of the businesses that come to us are in that kind of a situation. In some cases, there's not a lot we can do. Okay. But in those cases where we can't, there's not a business really to sell anymore, we can help them sell their assets and do okay. an asset sale. Okay. And that uh, at least get them to a point where they're not walking away with nothing. Right. They're walking away with something. In other cases, we've had businesses come to us and we do an evaluation and they're in the negative or in the, in the uh, red. And um, it's hard to sell a business to somebody that wants to make money with a business that's not making any money. Mm-hmm. And in one particular case, we had a uh, client that came to us and uh, his business was in the red by eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year. Oh, uh, sometimes it's a lot more than that. I believe. Mm, I know. <laughs> but um, we we took a look at his business and how his business was running. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we assessed where his money was going, uh, uh, and we we compared against the national averages of a business just like it. Mm-hmm. So, for for example, the rent that should only be seven percent. What is he paying? Uh, how much is he paying for his parts? You know, is uh, is it? Uh, uh, more than uh, the national average of, uh, I can't remember on that, but it was I think it was around 21%. He was up around 28%. Okay. What was his labor cost compared to the national averages? And we started breaking it down of uh, where his money was going and why he was losing money. And there was no reason for this business, this particular business, to lose money. Okay. He had a good reputation. They were very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. But he was still living in the 1980s and okay. 90s with his pricing. Okay. And so we started helping him to rein in his, his labor costs. Mm-hmm. And when we started with the advertising his business, we were selling an asset because there was nothing else. Okay. This last year, he profited over $100,000. Wow. On top, you know, which is not great for this particular no, business. No, but, but, but that's it, a, it's a real tremendous swing mm-hmm. tremendous from, from where he was mm-hmm. negative to where he is positive. Mm-hmm. That's great. And we were just, all we did was just teach him where his money was going and what he needed to do. Well, he's brought up his labor rates. He's still not up to where he should be. Okay. But he's halfway there. Okay. And he's, uh, his uh, people are not wasting time like they used to be. Their billable hours are now what they should be. You know, that when a, they have a billable hour in this particular mm-hmm. business, it should be up around the 65 75% okay. of the time that they're actually billed. Okay. Is we're down around 35, 40%. Oh, okay. So a lot of wasted time. Right. So now, mm-hmm. as a result of your counseling, um, mm-hmm. he has a far more saleable business than he did before. Exactly. He's His gone from an now asset sale yeah. to actually a saleable, a saleable business. business. Yes. Okay. And that's taken us about a year? Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, I thought it was going to take longer. Okay. Yeah. But he, he listened to us. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great counseling that you're doing. So. Um, what about, um, some other situations that you've run across? Um, does a buyer ever come to you and say, I don't know what I want to buy. I just have money. I want to buy a business. (laughs) That's when we start guiding them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, what is your background? What do you like to do? Uh, how many hours a week do you plan on working? And, and Mm. really that's important because business owners, they're there before it opens. They're there after hours. And if I have someone that comes in and says, well, I, I think I'll work about 40 hours a week. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, that sounds good. 
But yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I'm telling you, I'm just putting this out there right now. I want to buy the business that I cannot be involved in at all. There are and some. it can make me a ton of money. Okay, for a minimal investment. Okay, so when you come across that one, just call me up. I'm right there. Okay? Everybody uh, wants that. I know. I know. And that's an important thing to remember, too, is that when buyers are buying a business and the seller is selling a business, what we run into a lot of times is that it's in a very emotional sale for the, right. for the seller. This is a, I've been in this business for 30 years. I started it. I've run it. Mm-hmm. I know what every little thing is worth. I know what it, the time it took to get there. And my business should be worth this much. And I imagine that most sellers <laughs> who have that type of in, emotional investment in their business want to sell to a buyer who is also going to have yes. that type of emotional investment right. in the business. True. Right? But, I know I would. Mm-hmm. Right. But the problem we have there is that sometimes a business seller will value the business emotionally mm-hmm. and not practically. And that's why they need you. <laughs> exactly. Right? So we help them to understand. Uh, and a question I ask all the time is, if you were selling or the buyer of the business you're selling, would you buy it? Ah, mm. and what mm. did they say? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times it's, no, I'd want to make more money than that. Or, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to pay my debt Ooh. service. Or, yeah. <laughs> so, right, right. So it brings them down to, down to earth and, and mm. recognize that a business sale will never be a business sale unless both parties benefit. Right. Okay. Now, Lori, oh, sorry. Yeah. But, Lori, I wanted to add to that, that question because I think you bring up something that I've been thinking about. And this is for people listening that have a boss. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, like, <laughs> I don't want to have a boss anymore. I want to be the boss. Mm-hmm. I want to take you know take on this endeavor of running a business. But where do I start? And, and I think more importantly is even just how would I even qualify to kind of get into to the door there? Yes. Um, there are a lot of people that want to do that. Um, and we have to help them find their strengths and what they're best at before we just start telling them about the businesses we have listed. Um, because they're, they're coming from a, a place where they're not quite sure what they want to do. Um, so we need to question and find out what they're good at, what their strengths are, what they want to do, what kind of work habits do they have? Um, are they leaders? Um, I have a business right now that someone could come into and they don't have to be there. The owner does not have to be there. Maybe just to check in once in a while. So there are some like that, but there aren't many. So if I have someone new coming in and they're saying what uh, Lori asked, you know, can I just go ahead and come in and, you know, make the money, pick up my check and, you know, let everybody manage everything? Sure, there are some businesses like that. Um, but there, but like I said, because there aren't many of them, uh, we have to educate uh, buyers, we have to educate them on what it takes to run a business, especially if they're mm-hmm. brand new. Because I bet you it's kind of like I did not expect it to be this difficult. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Safe to say. It, and sometimes <laughs> they take over and they realize mm-hmm. this was more than we thought it would be. <coughs> That's why it's important uh, for them to get to know the seller, have the buyer seller meeting, because the seller will definitely let them know what it's like. And they need that. <laughs> and when you talk about uh, buying a business and somebody being qualified to buy a business and how to get to that point, there's two different kind of businesses to buy. And, Lori, yes, there are businesses out there you can buy mm-hmm. and not have to be there very often. Mm-hmm. And then, but you're, you're going to invest more. 
Right. So, uh, right. and the rule of thumb is an investor that puts in money is going to want to have a return on investment within two and a half to three years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. So, uh, you have to look for those businesses. They are there, and there are some good ones out there. But a lot of times, when your business owners or your business buyers are buying a business, they're buying a job. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. <laughs> so there's two different kind of businesses to buy. Some of your smaller business uh, or your Main Street businesses sometimes are buying a job. Okay. With a few more benefits. Okay. So that's what a, a Main Street business is really all about. You're going to make a living. You're going to make a decent uh, living uh, if you run it right. Mm -hmm. But uh, you're not going to be able to walk away from it that much. Okay. And so it's going to be work. Right. Mm. If you have more money to invest and you have the, uh, the wherewithal to do it, then you can get into a, a bigger business or a uh, middle market business. Okay. And your middle market businesses are really run by management. And okay. you have management teams in place. And you have a, a, a business that should be able to operate by itself with the experience and the personnel to do that. So it's a whole different kind of a, of a world. You're, you're talking million dollar and under businesses versus you know, uh, five million to, mm -hmm. to a billion dollar businesses. Okay. Um, so now earlier we talked about how it is critical to keep the confidentiality so to, that employees do not get um, spooked and mm -hmm. uh, look for employment elsewhere because they are your key components of a successful business. Mm -hmm. What about if you are the owner and you know you have a key employee who would be a great successor to this business? Is it ever wise to say to that employee, look, I'm looking at selling the business. I'm, would you be interested in purchasing it? There's, there's a few reasons to, you want to do that at a certain point. Your key employees, you know, when you sell a business, your competitors are going to be out there trying to poach your good people. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very careful. You have to be very careful with that. You can't just, at the, at the onset, you know, hey, we're going to sell the business and you need to know. Right. Uh, because it'll make them nervous. Right. But uh, some of those key employees are very capable of running the business. Mm -hmm. Do they have the wherewithal to do it? There are ways that we can help structure a deal and earn out or whatever it may be for an employee to be able to buy the business. And especially if it's somebody, uh, somebody that's a key employee that that could manage the business without the owner there, sometimes it's a very likely person to take over the business. Okay. And we can help structure that kind of a deal. Um, but in some cases where they're not going to do that, but they still have key employees that they want to keep on because it is integral to the business, mm -hmm. the buyer doesn't want to buy it without that person or right. some of those people. We've gone in and negotiated contracts with them to keep them on for three, four, five years, whatever it may be, to make the uh, uh, the buyer comfortable that he's going to have that employee for that time during the training period. Um, and that's so we have to, at, at a point, let those key employees know that, yes, we're for sale. This is what we're doing. And in most cases, it's not a surprise. You know, the owners are ready to retire, and they mm -hmm. know it. And mm -hmm. so it's not a... It was yeah. coming, we just didn't know when, yeah, right? pretty much. And I'm guessing that that's on an individual basis mm -hmm. that is when when you decide to tell yeah. the particular employees, correct? Yeah, we'll advise the uh, the seller on what to tell them, but it's really up to the seller. And it was their, their relationships, they know the people and they know how loyal they are, how unloyal sometimes. But mm -hmm. uh, So that has to be, be their decision, and we'll help with it. 
Is there ever a good time or a bad time to sell a business? Well, you know, that I was thinking of the fact that the number one reason that sellers sell mm-hmm. is to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is health issues. Mm. So it's very important to plan ahead right. so that you're not at the tail end of, you know, I need to take more vacations, like Verilyn said. Uh, this is just, you know, I'm done. And, right. I, and we have people that come in and they say, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we try to help them through and say, hang in there, hang in there, because we, we don't want your business to go down. We just need to keep working together. And then um, the health issues, I think, is is probably the worst the worst situation because time is of the essence and we have to move very mm-hmm. quickly. And as you know, businesses take a while to sell. So mm-hmm. um, at that point, uh, a lot of times they're not going to sell the business for what they want to sell the business for. Okay. You don't want to f- sell your business forcibly by. <coughs> so you need to make those decisions earlier. You need to have an exit plan. And you need to start on that, you know, sometimes three years ahead of time. Oh, wow. I didn't so, even think yeah. about mm-hmm. it being that mm-hmm. early. And in some cases with bigger businesses, you need to have that plan in place, you know, two, three years ahead of time. You need to have the conversations with your attorneys and your CPAs. And, and then you also need to answer the question with some of the uh, sellers, what am I going to do when I get done? Okay. And that's a biggie. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm constantly asking myself that. Um <laughs> Can I actually retire? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I'd be bored. Um, so before we wrap this up, I want to ask you, um, is there any myth um, or misconception about selling a business that we should be aware of? Or is there anything else before we go that we should know? I think the main thing is time. Okay. Um, yeah. We have to prepare the sellers to let them know that this is not a quick Uh, fix here. We're not going to be able to sell it right away. You're going to have to continue to work, continue to keep the employees. um, It's a process. It it is. It's a process. The other thing is that when you do sell the business, when do you get paid? Ah. Okay. Real estate transaction. Once the deal is closed and the escrow is closed, you get your money. Okay. A business sale is not necessarily the same. Okay. Because you have to have clearance from the CDTFA. There we go again. Some some important governmental organization, right? You have to have your clearance from UCC1, which is your liens. You have to make sure your liens are clear. So all those things have to be done before the escrow can pay the money out to you. Okay. So be aware that when you sell your business, you may not get your money for 30 to 60 days. Wow. So just be aware of that. Okay. Same is true for the business broker, by the way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you don't get paid until they get paid. We are commission only. (laughs) Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, Well, it has been a pleasure talking to the two of you today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I really appreciate it. I have gained a wealth of knowledge, and I'm sure everyone listening has as well. Thank you. It's clear to see why you guys are such experts in your field. You have a passion Mm -hmm. for what you do. Yes. So thank you. Thank thank you, you, Lori. You bet. Now, before we say goodbye until next week, I want to thank everyone for tuning in today and each and every week. Hopefully, we've given you some knowledge about buying and selling businesses, 
while providing a little more clarity into the world of real estate. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Saturday at 11 a.m. And if by chance you miss an episode of this show or know someone who would enjoy this information and is otherwise occupied at this time, no worries. We've got two solutions for you. You can catch the Encore presentation each Sunday morning at 8 a.m., just before Sean Hannity here on KNZR. And if that doesn't work, you can listen to this show and previous episodes wherever you get your podcast. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review to listen to your heart's content. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week.